0: we just hosted our first event in September. And I had a big role in moderating the event and being in front of the room the whole day, up on a stage, interviewing some of the authors that we featured. And what was funny is I still had nerves in the beginning of the day, just like I do every time I'm asked to speak somewhere. But as the day went on, and I'm talking hours into the experience, all of it went away and I became very comfortable. And so I have this theory that If students were asked to teach for an entire day, not just for five minutes or 10 minutes in front of a class, but for an entire day, they would reach a place of comfort instead of always flirting with this like, "Ah, now I can't sleep, I have to present, they get up, it's terrible for three minutes, they sit down, they don't learn anything. Right. But if you're up there for a full day, that's when the magic happens from my experience.
1: Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory M.D. See you there. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today we have Nick with us and Nick's going to tell us all about himself and all of the really cool things that he's up to. Take it away, Nick.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. G. I'm excited to be here. As you mentioned, my name is Nick. My last name is Hutchison. I'm in the Boston, Massachusetts, USA area, and I'm the founder of a company called BookThinkers, where I help authors promote and market their nonfiction books. So I'm a total book nerd. Um, as anybody that could see my background could attest, I've got like a thousand books behind me. Um, it wasn't always that way, which we could touch on during the interview if you want, Dr. G, but yeah, uh, sure. I just wrote my first book as well. So it's called Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn. I'm very passionate about helping people implement the information that they learn from these wonderful books on health and fitness, nutrition, finance, business, mental health, psychology, philosophy, and everything in between.
1: That's Awesome. So now you got to tell us. So you just like gave us a little bit of a, and I have a lossage. So if you hear like me switching something around my mouth, that's what's going on. Uh, Everybody in the house is sick. But anyway, you mentioned that you weren't always into books. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So when
0: I was growing up, I was more of the athlete stereotype, not really much of the academic. So you couldn't pay me to read a book when I was growing up. And that sort of behavior, that know-it-all behavior, followed me through most of my college experience as well. But when I was going into my senior year of college, I took an internship at a local software company. And my boss at the time, Kyle, he saw some unfulfilled potential, I think, and he recommended that I start listening to podcasts on my commute. So a show just like this, where a host interviews a series of guests and they talk about what they've done to generate some success, whatever that might mean to them. And so what I noticed very quickly as I started to consume these podcasts was that so many of these successful people gave at least some credit for their success to the books that they were reading. And so I followed the clues. I went to my local Barnes and Noble and the rest is history.
1: That's awesome. And then, so what were you, what, were, what kind of books were you into at first? Were you kind of going by the ones recommended on the podcast or were you finding like there was any particular genre that attracted you?
0: Yeah, I mean I had heard a lot of people talk about the importance of financial literacy. And so that wasn't a subject that I understood very much. I mean, I was a business student that didn't understand money. And so I would always get <laughs> <Imagine> insecure, <that. laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. I would like shy away from classroom conversations when it would get brought up and stuff. And you know, there's kids like this is where I'm going to work after school. And like, this is how much money I'm going to make and all that. And I just kind of like walk the other direction. So I I heard a lot of people talking about the importance of financial literacy and about how, all of the world's money secrets are right inside of these books. So those were the types of books that I decided to start with books like rich dad, poor dad by mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki, the total money makeover by Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey, the richest man in Babylon by George mm-hmm. Clayson Think and grow rich by Napoleon yes. Hill.
1: So that's where I started. Oh, those are good ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are those some of really your favorite books? What, what are your favorite subjects to read?
1: Um, you know, like I have been doing a lot of personal development books, like over the last few years, um, mainly because I had to do some big facing of fears and that fear was public speaking. And so in order to get myself in a better place for that, I had to do a lot of reading in that regard, like developing a mindset of perseverance, having an abundance mindset, um, I did actually get into some of those same books that you mentioned um, because I started entrepreneurial journey. And so part of that, you know, you kind of have to have some of those elements that are mentioned in each of those books in place. And then, um, then I started reading a lot of leadership books. So like um, um, the 360 degree leader was an excellent one that I read recently uh, that's really been very impactful because I didn't realize that as a leader, really, you need to be able to not only make an impact kind of, I don't want to say below, but like the level below you, if you're the leader, the people who you lead and then also your colleagues, but then also those above you. So, uh, that book had some really neat pearls that have impacted my life, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I I tend to read a lot of personal development,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, me yeah. too. And just like you, when I was, well, I don't know. I read a little bit of your story. I also had to overcome a lot of public speaking fears and anxieties. When I was young, I was a very poor communicator. I think partly because of the US school system and creating a fear of failure and stuff like that. But yeah, I've done a thousand things to improve my ability to communicate. And it definitely takes a lot of that perseverance and grit and, and the willpower to do it too.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. For sure. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit more about that because I'm curious now. So you, so you were a little bit, were you more of an introvert you'd say, or would you just say that you just were not really in the pathway where you wanted to put yourself out there and, and, and kind of feel forward? I've always considered myself
0: somewhat of an ambivert. I mean, I get energy reading books and nerding out by myself, but I also get energy in crowds when I'm familiar with the people that I'm around. So it depends. I think a lot of my early fears around communication stemmed from a fear of judgment like insecurities, caring way too much about what other people thought. And so I have memories when I was younger, like they used to read in a circle, right? Every paragraph is the next person in line. And I would like get up and go to the bathroom or like, skip ahead and read my paragraph over and over and over again, you know, to try to practice it. And I had some presentation uh, horrors when I was in high school. Like one time I dropped a bowl of popcorn during a presentation because I was shaking so much, like where I was doing a skit in front of a class. And so, but to get over that, like, I knew that that was holding me back. So I had a door-to-door sales job for two summers, which I was the worst at. (laughs) Yeah, I was the worst, but like I through repetition and embracing yes. failure over and over and over. Like I, I improved. Then I took public speaking classes at my college. Then I had a phone sales job. I signed up for Toastmasters, which oh, is, Toastmasters like a, is excellent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I read books like talk like Ted by Carmine Gallo and mm-hmm. how to win friends and influence people by mm-hmm. um who the heck is that by Dale Carnegie. And yeah. so all sorts of things like that to improve my communication.
1: No, it's good. You're very articulate. So that must have been uh, a <laughs> nice. I'm curious. I'm always curious when people are at a stage where they feel very comfortable and maybe they still have a little bit of fear, but they are much better in how they're able to articulate their ideas and just thinking about where they came from. Because you mentioned, you know, that one episode when you were in high school and you're shaking so much that you, you know, overturned the bowl of popcorn and, um, you know, for me, I didn't have like something like that, but you know, I had to do a lot of public speaking throughout my career because uh, I was um, I was a chief resident during my residency, and so I had to do morning report and I had to like present in front of all these other colleagues, and it was always very nerve wracking for me. And I would always go through the same ritual, you know, I wouldn't sleep the night before, I would be very sweaty and like anxious. And I would have to really will myself into doing it. And, you know, you you go from that state of chaos to as you go along and you like identify the fact that you need to work on this thing to the point where you feel actually more comfortable speaking in front of others because you you kind of like, um, I don't know if you demystify it or something, but you do something where, as you said, you get the repetitions in, that it becomes like breathing instead of this thing that you're constantly thinking about and worrying about. It's more like a natural thing that you can just do. So good on you for getting those sales jobs (laughs) because that is by no means like the perfect choice, but it's, I mean, it's a perfect choice, but not like the, you know, commonly chosen pathway because of the fact that you get so many no's with that, but The fact that you're getting those no's, it allows you to figure out, well, okay, how can I tweak it the next time? Or, you know, you become more, um, you become resilient because you're like, Hey, I got a hundred no's today. That's fantastic. Like that's better than yesterday.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Exposure, exposure desensitizes you to fears. Yes. Right. And so check this out. We, I'm a college freshman. You know, going into my sophomore year, I'm going to run this house painting business. I have to hire all my friends and I have to go door to door and sell all of these jobs myself. So they go, you know, they teach you like some sales training. You go back and forth. You like learn a script. So my script was basically knock on a door that needed work done. Hey, my name is Nick. I'm a local college student running a house painting business to help pay for college. I noticed that your house needs painting and I'd love to come back this weekend and give you a free estimate. Like that was it. That's all I had to memorize. Okay. So the first time I went out, I first door I knocked on, uh, this woman answers the door and I just said, Hey, would you like an estimate? And she was like, who are you? And for what? And I had forgotten the whole thing. And I just was so nervous that I just, I didn't speak. And she just shut the door. And my boss, like the guy kind of mentor helping me with it. I turned and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And he's like, yes, you are like, let's keep going. So yeah, it was rough. Like it was not easy for me,
1: but I don't know what it was that like pushed me into it anyway, you know? No, it's good. It's good. Cause that's, that's something that you always utilize. You know, that's a skill being able, because the thing about it is that if you look at fears and when people get surveyed about what do they fear the most, they would rather die than speak in public. Literally. It's nuts. It's like, how could you, Yeah. how could the fear of public speaking be higher ranking than the fear of death? It just makes no sense, but it's a real, I mean, so if you're able to master that and you're able to use that skill, it's very, it's invaluable because most people don't want to do it.
0: (laughs) I think so too. I'll share one more thing with you because this, it has come You know, I've, I've grown a lot, thankfully. So my company, BookThinkers, we just hosted our first event in September. And I had a big role in moderating the event and being in front of the room the whole day, up on a stage, interviewing some of the authors that we featured. And what was funny is I still had nerves in the beginning of the day, just like I do every time I'm asked to speak somewhere. But as the day went on, and I'm talking hours into the experience, all of it went away and I became very comfortable. And so I have this theory that if students were asked to teach for an entire day, not just for five minutes or 10 minutes in front of a class, but for an entire day, they would reach a place of comfort instead of always flirting with this, like, "Ah, now I can't sleep. I have to present. They get up. It's terrible for three minutes. They sit down. They don't learn anything. Right, but if you're up there for a full day, that's when the magic happens, from
1: my experience. No, that that makes that makes sense. So maybe, uh, hmm, I don't know how you would even get that into the educators' yeah, minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but yeah, no, absolutely. That that I could see how that could be, and maybe even for the teachers, like brand new teachers coming out, they probably go through the same process, right? I mean, they the first time they're in a the class, they're not too far removed depending on the age group they're teaching they're not too far removed in age from the students and that in and of itself is an obstacle right and then you know now they're having to like impart knowledge and engage and really help them to to grasp the material that could be pretty nerve-wracking so but i'm sure they get more comfortable as time goes by so now that's that's beautiful i love that observation so tell us more about the company So you mentioned a little bit about what the company does. Tell us more about what, what, like what you're up to now. So you just had an event.
0: Yeah. So my company, I've got 10 people on my team and we support about 200 authors a year. So we help authors promote and market their nonfiction books, personal development, all types of personal development books, because my life dramatically changed by reading these books and implementing what I learned, right? A good book condenses decades of somebody else's lived experience and greatest life lessons into days of reading. Like there's no better shortcut than a great book. And so I believe the right book at the right time can change somebody's life. And I started posting about the books I was reading back in 2017, 2018 on social media. And as the account started to grow, authors were actually reaching out to me and offering to pay me for book reviews, which was like a big surprise. It was really cool. It wasn't the original form of monetization that I right. had thought about. Um, but I was curious. And I, I, again, I followed the clues. I would ask these authors like, Hey, why do you need to sell books? Oh, your book is a business card for your speaking or that's your right. coaching or your consulting. Mm-hmm. Like that's interesting. So I would help them. And I tried all sorts of things that didn't work, found a few things that did work. Um, and like I said, now today we're, we're helping a lot of people. So yeah, I just, I love helping authors spread the message of their books because so many cool people learn something very interesting and unique through their own experience and they want to share it, but nobody buys their book. And that's always a bummer.
1: That is fantastic. I love it. And I also love how it kind of was like, um, unintended, uh, Happenstance there, right? Because yeah, it, was, it was an
0: accident. Yeah.
1: You're you're like, oh, I'm thinking I'm monetizing this way. And then it's like the total opposite of that is what ends up happening, which is really, really cool. And um, yeah, that's that's beautiful. And then so now you guys are doing very well, sounds like, because you have a pretty nice sized team and you're helping quite a number of authors each year. And then now you just had your first event. What are you, what are you looking at for like the future of the company?
0: That's a great question, you know, and this will be kind of hard to explain, but vibe with me for a minute. So yeah, yeah. when you're reading personal development books, you're always looking to get to this place where you enjoy the present moment, right? Like you're removing fears, you're developing skills, you're satisfying curiosities, you're building to a place where you enjoy the present moment. And for the first time, really, I think this year we achieved that, like the business is healthy and it's growing. We're 99.9% of the people we work with are super thrilled and satisfied with the work we do. I got married this year. We bought a house last year. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. And so it's it's like you build and you build and you build. And at some point, if you do implement all of the, the material you're reading, you're supposed to achieve this place where it all works. And I feel like it's working. So awesome. when I when I used to think of like the future of my business, it was always very different than what I had right Right. there was always a big gap between here and there but today I enjoy the passage of time and I think about my business through the next couple of years is just like we're gonna grow and I know that and I'm not super stressed about it and I just want to enjoy it and so yeah a a bigger version of what I have today but nothing super crazy or different in mind
1: not as fantastic congratulations again marriage is amazing I'll let you know that's a lot of work and it if is. you remember yeah. a happy wife equals a happy life, you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just had one of those conversations. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, did you really?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not, uh not thankfully great.
0: not much has changed. You know, I think that's been like the, the best thing so far is like not too much has changed, you know. We lived together before and it's been good so far.
1: No, good, 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 good. Yeah, many, many, many happy years. That's be great. Yeah. Um, So the thing about it is um, that is a funny thing when you have extrapolated to a certain point and then you've come to the realization when you've gotten to that point for you and then you're just like present, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Not everybody gets to that level. So definitely practice gratitude in that regard.
0: Oh my gosh. Every day. I'll share a couple of gratitude things with you and your audience, if you're okay with it, because it's one of my favorite words. So when I first got into personal development, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So I started journaling three things Mm -hmm. that I was grateful for every single day. And I started to notice throughout each day that I would be looking for things to express gratitude for so that the next morning I would have something to write about. And so I started looking for it. Like it became a default every single day. And it changed my life so much that I got the numbers one, two, and three tattooed on my wrist so that every day I can look down and and remember like, okay, I've got to talk about three things I'm grateful for. Now my team, we have a Slack channel. It's like an internal communication tool and we have a daily gratitude channel. So everybody on the team writes three things they're grateful for. And I also have, Agradecido, which is gratitude in Spanish tattooed on my wrist on the other side of my wrist. So gratitude has been such a, such an important input to my life. And I'll kind of wrap up my tangent by saying this. One of my favorite quotes is from an Indian monk. His name is Gore Gopoldas. And he says, he says, it's not happy people that are grateful, but grateful people that are happy. Mm. So what he's saying is like gratitude is the action that you have to do in order to experience happiness, which is so cool because other people think
1: it's like yes. the other way around. Yes, indeed. Now that's yeah. uh great. I mean gratitude is a powerful thing. Like you said, it can change your entire perspective. It could change your entire trajectory. It could take you from the very bottom of like you think you are you've hit rock bottom and it can actually get you to the to the to the apex because you like you said, you start to look for things. And it's, it's when you start to appreciate those simple things that the bigger things become evident and are gifted to you. So yeah, no, it's great. That is awesome. And then, so now you got to tell people if there's an author listening, who is an author of a nonfiction uh, work and they are looking to work with you or your team, how can they, how can they do that?
0: book thinkers is the name of my agency. So bookthinkers.com is the best place to go to check out the services that we offer. And you can also set up a discovery call, learn more, chat with me about what we do. And then for all readers listening as well, book thinkers on Instagram. So we post a new book recommendation every day. I think on Instagram right now we're at about 150,000 and we, um, you know, it's a really fun place to meet people too. And like the comment section and talk about books. It's like, you know, it's totally nerdy, but also very professional at the same time. It's like the best of both worlds.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, no, good. So they can go to Instagram or they can go to bookthinkers.com. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And then, so now, you know, now you have to tell us like, is there you talked about you know you talked about some of the root fear that you had when you were younger and how you tackled that which i thought was quite quite um quite a uh, quite ahead of your time because you were in college so a lot of college kids are not thinking about how to battle their fears aggressively like you did so that was awesome so now as you as you know as you're moving forward you're at a good place right now with your with your business with your career with your family What are some fears that you're now facing?
0: What are some fears that I'm now facing? Well, I think that uh, the next step for us as a couple is to start a family, which is going to be an entirely different, you know, set of skills that are required, time, commitment, focus, uh, energy that needs to be focused on, on like raising a family. So You know, that definitely, it's definitely going to switch things up quite a bit. So that's something that I'm currently working through. But just like I do with every area in my life, when there's a problem or a fear, I know that somebody else has figured it out, right? And they've written about it. And so I can go read those books. So funny enough, last week, I bought three or four books on like pregnancy and early parenting and stuff like that, just so I can understand it better. Because I think that if you do prepare yourself... Then you have more certainty, which decreases fear a little bit, right? So that's how I think about it anyway.
1: That is good. I will just say that no matter how many books you read, <laughs> oh I know <laughs> your kid is always gonna be your kid and gonna be unique and not gonna follow any of the stuff that the book says. <laughs> oh I but know. you're correct, you know, it is good to like have a sense of what kind of things to expect with the pregnancy, what kind of things to expect with early childhood. I mean, those when I'm, when I'm joking about this, I'm not saying that you shouldn't read about it. I'm saying, yes, you should. I'm just saying that they're going to be little nuances because there's really no, there's really no accurate handbook for parenting. Just. Yeah. And I had because... um, like
0: five or six different friends have kids over the last few years, like their first kid. And, and what just... do they say? Oh yeah, same thing that you're saying. It's all chaotic, and there it's are no very... rules, and you just <laughs> figure it out, and then then you realize like your parents didn't know anything either. No, so they were you clueless. More empathy for them. <laughs> yeah,
1: they you were, were clueless. When you're and a kid, like were your parents had it all
0: figured <laughs> out. Yeah.
1: yeah but you know what it always works out in the end um because the whole point is that you know you have the family because you wanted to have the family right and so there's love there and in the end it's that's what's gonna make the all the difference so and then you also have enough of like um you have you're convicted enough that you're actually wanting to read and learn more about it before you're in the situation which puts you ahead of a lot of people so, you guys will be fine, yeah, yeah, no, and just I'm, know I'm really that every kid is different, it. okay? so just just know that because <laughs> we have three, and they're three very different individuals. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just talking with um, I've got a guy on my team named Luke, and I was just with him the other day. He has three young kids, and he was saying the same thing. He's like, all three of them are just wildly different. He's like, he's like, one needs constructive criticism. One needs positive praise. You know, one needs both. Like, it's just, it's crazy how it can happen like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're great. They're absolutely great. And, um, they are, they test your patience. They test your fortitude. Um, but they have unconditional love, which is like amazing to me. Like when I just look at that, like, I mean, you, when do you ever get that unconditional love? It's like, Because by the time you become an adult, you know, you're molded and you have your, you have your ways about you, but a child is going to give you unconditional love. They're just, they just are. And, and that is absolutely amazing. So yeah. How old
0: are yours? You're three.
1: So I have, um, 11, 13 and 15, but at one point uh... you hear the ages, right? But at one point I had four under the age of four, I mean, three under the age of four.
0: Yeah, that is a lot. That I was up challenging. Up, yeah, I feel bad for my mom sometimes thinking about it because I was one of four boys. And so it would, it went one, two, three, skip a year, four. So wow. at one point she, yeah, like I always think about high school, right? I was a senior. My brother is a junior. Another brother was a sophomore and wow. the one was in eighth grade.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's rough um, when you have them close together. When they're little, it's rough but it actually turns out really well when they're older because then yeah. they have each other and they can, you know, like you, you and your brothers were able to go through high school together. So that's, that's really good. Cause even the brother that's in the eighth grade, you know, you've moved on, but then your younger brothers are there for for that brother. Right. So, you know, it works out really well. You know, it kind, kind of gets tricky when it comes to paying for college for four kids at once, but <laughs> you know, it's a whole other conversation, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, that no, I'm, I'm excited
0: for it. And the other thing that the other thing that I dealt with recently was my first book launched on November first. So to go, go through the entire process, yeah, I think there was a lot of fear of failure around that because I wanted to test all of our services right as an agency. Like it's one thing when a client goes through it. And they can experience wins or they struggle or whatever, but it's like, I want to see what this feels like. And I want to put everything to the test. So yeah, that was hard. It was, it was a couple year project, Um, but it went really well. I was, I was pleasantly surprised, but again, it's because I prepared really far in advance compared to the average author. Um, Most people wait until their book is out and then they realize, whoa, I have to actually sell this thing.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed congratulations so is your book on the website yeah you can it's on
0: bookthinkers.com. if you go to okay. amazon or barnes and noble or any of those places just rise of the reader strategies for mastering your reading habits and applying what you learn so i help readers like people who are reading these nonfiction books actually implement what they're reading because so many people they read these books and it goes in one ear and out the other Oh, yeah. And I'm like, ah, there's so much potential for action, but nobody's taking it.
1: <laughs> well, I think a lot of times people don't journal what they're reading either. They just read the book and like, oh, I read it. Instead of like, you know, really breaking it down and like writing it and then going over that. Like, So it, it's like kind of like you're dissecting the thing. Most people don't do that. They just kind of read it and like, oh, well, I didn't really feel a difference. Like, well, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
0: don't most do the people are. Most people are never taught how to do that, but it sounds like, I mean, you went to medical school. Yeah. So in medical school, I'm sure you have to learn how to study efficiently. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's why I think people, people with a doctor, right? Um, You're like, okay, that person knows how to take notes, but nobody else is taught because nothing else is as difficult probably. (laughs)
1: That's fair. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's, it's definitely, um, there's definitely a big jump between like even the undergraduate situation and the graduate situation. Cause you'll find people who are in grad school, like they have to be able to dissect content. Like they have to be able to apply the content because, um, if you're getting a PhD, for example, you have to create new content to add to the field. So in order to do that, you have to be able to dissect the content that's already out there. And figure out how you're gonna add to it. So it's a different um, a different level of learning uh and studying than what you'd find kind of across the board. So yeah, I, c- I could see that. I could see that being a little bit different. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So we are at, we've had a really good conversation and we're at that point in the show where we have our fill-in-the-blank tradition. Are you ready, Nick, for this? Yes, hit me. Okay, awesome. All right. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Succeed. Love it. Love it. The next one is, to me, fearless freedom means.
0: Opportunity.
1: Okay. I love these like succinct responses. They're great. One
0: word, one word. Responses. I love it. it's yes. great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I we'll see what you're going to say for for this last one. Okay. My battle cry is.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'll have a one word answer for this one. My battle cry is the right book at the right time can change your life.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your pearls of wisdom with us here at the Fails Freedom Tribe. We really appreciate it. We're going to be looking out for your book. We're going to be looking out for your services, the authors among us who need to get their word out. And yeah, thanks a lot. And good luck with everything. Success with the family, success with the continued growth of the business, etc.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity today. And uh, good for you for overcoming your fear of public speaking by hosting a podcast.
1: Thank you.